Professor Brian Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Professor Brian Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Okay, so we, um, Dr. David, David, right? David. Hanak. Yes, that's right. But the, the W is V, right? Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like German. Because yeah. German yeah, has the same uh, W is V. Yeah, it's W is V as well, but it's Polish actually, yeah. Oh, okay. I was actually but thinking... Actually, I... Comp- mm. Huh? I come from the region where where there was a strong German influence uh, oh. some time ago, so probably that might be the reason. Why? But W that V okay in po- Polish uh, language, W is is V V. <laughs> oh okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, so um, at this point in your story, we have talked about your journey to where you are right now which is pretty interesting and you've talked about mm-hmm. some few things um in the same uh just pointed at like things like social media and such like thing and uh writing papers uh a, a few things that you've talked about that have uh, that are related to your story but uh mm-hmm. since the main thing of this podcast is about the highs and lows of which of course you've pointed out still mm-hmm. in your story i would like you to tell us some of the lows the challenges because uh, you mentioned a bit you said something the, the challenges you faced through your phd um as, but I would like to know the challenges that you faced throughout you, this whole journey that you've explained that we'd like to do, mm-hmm. you know, talk about. Right. Um, I, I think the main challenge was actually the transition from PhD to academic position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, that I think that was the most difficult one because suddenly once during the PhD, you can, of course, focus on your research and teaching and whatever your responsibilities are. Mm. But then once you turn into academic, then you've got 10 times more responsibilities uh, and those usually pulling you into different directions. Mm. Uh, so whether that's 
teaching, course management, uh, research, commercial mm -hmm. work, because sometimes academics do also commercial work. Mm -hmm. um, and then you don't have much time for writing. You don't have much time for promotion of your work uh, mm. or even going for conferences, right? Mm. Um, so I, I guess at the very beginning of your career, of my career, it was mm. difficult to actually find the right balance between mm. what it is that I do that I enjoy and mm. what it is that I do that I have to do. Yeah, that you don't really enjoy. That. Yeah, yeah. That sometimes you have to do things. You have to do things, right? Like admin, uh, all of this stuff. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, within the job description. But so yeah. if if you were to get off, out of academia, you can actually, uh, if like for example, there are no jobs in academia or there are no jobs in industry when it comes to research, you could actually get mm -hmm. an admin job and do well, right? <laughs> Like um, if you have to feed yourself. Project management. Um, yeah. Project management, management job. Yeah. Uh, easily. Yeah. What that, else? That, that could be something. Um, well, with with my skill set, I could easily go to get a consultancy job uh, in, in uh, it's more like a business consultancy or technology consultancy, uh, pretty much doing the same thing as I do yeah. uh, in my work. Um, but the research side on, of it. business. But there is no research size of it, right? So it would be more like a boutique. Yeah. yeah. And the salary-wise is more or less the same. So ah. <laughs> no incentive to go there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so it, at least in the UK, right? So at least yeah. in the UK, okay. when you look at the job in industry and mm. job in academia, academia. Mm. Uh, the same level earns more or less the same. Okay. Um, there's a 5% difference in some cases. Of course, in some industries like, say, data science, maybe mm. uh, IT, uh, and then uh, business, like uh, after MBA and stuff. Mm. So that's, that's where you can earn more uh, in, in, in industry mm. than in academia, I believe. Mm. But within energy, uh, the, the salaries are more or less the same. Oh, okay, okay. So it's the it's the type of research. it's the type of the work that yeah. you enjoy most, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, since you're talking about this challenge, you mentioned mentorship is one of the things that you didn't have mm -hmm. at that point, but you sought for someone to help you yes. in that. So I think the question here I'm asking is how, apart from looking for someone who's higher than you in your field. What is that thing that you seek for when looking for a mentor? Like in terms of um, personality-wise, in terms of anything? Mm -hmm. I didn't look for anyone in particular, like specific personality. Mm. Um, I was looking at someone who who went through the, through the journey I'm, I'm going through at the moment. So someone who actually started early, Mm. at my university and then progress through the through the ladder mm. um that was one thing mm. also wanted to to get someone who is not necessarily within the same field of study but mm. would understand my field of study so that they mm. could direct me in the in, in, in the where, direction where i should head mm. um and then really someone who has time because that's that's the most important yeah. thing. Because we can get a mentor who just spend five minutes with us and say they don't have time or they won't respond to the email or something. Yeah, yeah. But it it is really nice to have someone who you can go 
and uh, have a coffee with and just discuss uh, your ideas maybe or your priorities. That's really important. So talking of so that coffee. That was my... Yeah. That's so, yeah. <laughs> that's I think the question that I'm asking like what should someone be expecting from a mentorship? Like we talk about mentorship but we don't really talk about the intricacies like the things that happen between what kind of relationship is there between a mentor and a men- mentee and what things happen mm-hmm. there like what are you expecting? What kind of meetings or what kind of mm-hmm. what happens between a mentor and a mentor- mentee? Like what what happens there for you to right. be guided like so, for example if you have a you have a problem that you mm-hmm. what how do you do you email them what what happens there mm-hmm. so uh so how it worked for us uh of course at at Crumpy we have an official mentor program okay uh, that kind of helped us with with matching so mm. i submitted application explaining what sort of mentor I'm looking for? What's what what I want to achieve out of this? So I, mm. I had a number of uh, priorities. Do you want to say that? Uh, that I, uh, yeah. So my priorities were to publish more papers mm. and get more projects. Basically, two priorities: mm. uh, get more projects so that I could focus on on my research more rather than teaching. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think there's a couple of people who review those applications. Mentors also apply. So mm. they say what kind of mentees they are looking for at what mm. career level. Mm. Uh, so they matched me with a colleague of mine in another school. Mm. Um, and really, we agreed on meeting every month or every two month, month for, for a coffee. Mm. It was like one hour discussion uh, with, a, with a goal to actually focus on a specific... So, at that time, I was applying for the um, for the senior lecture position. Mm-hmm. Um, so the goal we, we had a clear goal for this specific mentorship relationship. Okay. Uh, we were always thinking about how my activities can contribute towards me getting uh, higher, uh, getting promoted. Mm. So with each mentor relationship, that, that's what I do right now as well. When someone starts working with me. We set up a goal and mm. a target. Mm. So say, you've got the goal. We want to achieve that specific outcome mm. by that date. Okay, so we have the activity plus the deadline. So it's time bound. Um, and then we set up a number of objectives, uh, what it is that we're going to try. And this is what I did with, with my colleague, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we basically said, okay, the, he, he told me, you have to apply for this funding. You have to apply for this position. You have to apply for, you know, you have to do this, this, and this. Mm. Uh, of course, I came up with some ideas of what I can do. Mm. Uh, he gave me feedback on why it is a good idea, why it's not a good idea. So it's important to go mm. both ways, right? Not only positive feedback, but also yeah. constructive negative feedback. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like many people are worried about getting negative it's feedback. feedback. Yeah. Uh, but that's how you learn. Um I learned I learned more from rejections than I got I learned from acceptances. Uh, so I'm always happy to get rejected because I learn much more and I'll do better next time. Um, so whenever I came with a piece of work that I did and mm. I got uh, for for feedback with that mentor, mm. uh, I told him to be absolutely honest. honest? Mm. Whether he hate whether he hates it, mm. just tell me. Mm. Tell me why you hate it, you know, because mm, mm. I really want to see how I can improve rather than 
just being pat on the back and say you're doing you're a good, good job. Yeah. Yeah. So I think being open to feedback is important and acting on the feedback later on is even more important. So what what kind of meetings do you have? Like, do you meet over what exactly? Like, how do you arrange meetings? Uh, what mm-hmm. what kind of conversations um, go so, there? Yeah. So, so the way it worked with my mentor, we, mm. as I said, we agreed on a monthly meeting. Mm. Uh, it was kind of one one hour meeting in mm. a coffee shop at one hour university. It was before pandemic, so mm. we couldn't meet face to face. So that was much easier. Mm. So the structure was pretty pretty relaxed, I would say. So mm. we were just initial couple of minutes was just chatting about what's going on, mm. just about life, you know, trying to build the rapport and trying mm. to build the relationship, right? Because it's it is a rela- kind of a relationship. So you don't want to see it as a official yeah. uh, structured meeting, right? Mm. So it kind of naturally it went into the discussion of okay, what you've been up to regarding this objective that we had. Mm. It was me talking about, okay, I did this activity, this activity. Mm. Um, what do you think about this? And then I got feedback, you know. It was more like a discussion about how I can improve, uh, what went well, what didn't went well, mm. uh, what I can improve further, what I can do, do what I can do better next mm. time. It was this kind of discussion. And whenever I do that with, with my mentees, with my students as well, because I always treat my students as a mentee, so I, my role as a supervisor is to yeah. help them become better researchers and uh, get to the next level of their careers. Yeah. Um, so I always uh, follow the similar kind of approach, right? So at the very beginning, we just chat about general things, mm. uh, just check with them whether there is anything I can help immediately, right? Mm. Because there are some, some points that they usually leave till the end and mm. then Sometimes the meeting is over and we don't have to discuss it. Mm. So I always ask about the most important things at the very beginning. Mm. And then we move to the main business, uh, mm. which is basically usually the project work and mm. uh, discussion about some of the challenges they might have within the projects. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is how it works. It's more about, it's just, I, I don't like to keep things official. Mm. I try to be, you know, open and uh, I expect the same from my, my, my people, right? It's, yeah. We are all people. So yeah. uh, we shouldn't. I, I, For example, I like people calling me by the first name rather than Dr. Hanak because mm. I don't like this <laughs> boundary, right? There is yeah. no boundary between us. I, the fact that I have PhD and mm. other people don't it doesn't mm. change anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I just call me David and I'm happy with it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, what other challenge did you face? What other challenge? Oh, baby, um, thanks for sharing that. At least yeah, I'm sure there's someone who would benefit from this. Like, because people don't, we don't talk about that openly. Like, what happens between um, mental? Like, what am I expecting? <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yes. Just say, I have a mentor, exactly. but we don't tell what happens between you and your mentor, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Uh-huh. Um. Other challenges. Um, mm. I think at at some point when when you're in academia and you're doing that for a long time, mm. or longer time, mm. um, you you need to have this purpose. Mm. Uh, I did mention purpose mm. several times. Yeah, you need to have a purpose to 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 hammer through some of the difficulties that you face, of course. Uh, so 
I guess uh, it's just some time ago. It's it's just trying to. I'm right now. I'm trying to clarify why am I I'm doing this in the first place again. Uh, so I guess that's why I wasn't pretty much available earlier this year mm. uh, because I'm trying to work out why it is that I'm doing this in the first place. My original purpose still valid. Um, does it align with my values? Mm. Uh, so this is this is pretty important. So you know your purpose and how your work actually uh, contributes towards society. Mm. So I, I guess when you when you lose sight of this and you get involved in so many things. So for the past couple of months and years, I got involved in so many different projects that you know were interesting in itself, mm. but sometimes they kind of go they are not related to your purpose. what's the value of that project and how you can contribute towards it. Um, so sometimes you can get lost in that. Mm. So it's important to actually take some time off, reflect on where it is that you want to be in the next year or five years mm. and uh, re kind of rewrite or kind of revive the purpose that you've got. Because that, that does help with with the direction that does help with motivation definitely mm. uh, trying to get yourself motivated is one of the most difficult things when you in academia mm. especially in the virtual environment right now yeah okay uh-huh. so well, i think that's that that's one of the challenges that i've been recently fa- facing mm. trying how to do... work out why it is that i do it <laughs> and how do you so, okay. How do you do, usually deal with that normally? Like, how how has that, that that dealing with it changed over time? Um, it is a difficult question. I must admit. How do you deal with <laughs> with kind of lack of purpose? Because I'm only getting out of it. To be honest, yeah. uh, I guess trying to seek support from other people, mm. uh, talking to other people. Uh, is pretty important. Mm. Knowing that you can rely on other people is important. Yeah. Um, again, something I, I said sometime, sometime ago today, uh, we shouldn't suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's the worst thing you can do, actually, because the, trying to work out things yourself make make it even worse because there will be more and more things that will come at your place and you will not be able to cope with it. Yeah. Uh, so speaking to your 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 loved ones, that's the most important thing. I, I that's what I found. I mean, uh, I've got so much support uh, from my wife uh, during during that time, and uh, just I know she she kind of I was keep talking about these issues, and yeah, she was fed up probably with that. <laughs> but it is important uh, to have to have this sort of support, uh, and I guess now. Talking helps. Uh, trying to f- find solutions uh, by by using, say, uh, I don't say kind of having more mentors. Mm. That's that's not the, always the best way because you mm. keep um, within the same environment. But looking solutions elsewhere is useful. That's what I found. Looking mm. at other industries, lo- looking at other areas, um, mm. trying to understand what's going on. That's that's pretty much important. 
to whether or feeling uncertain it's okay because this is how we how we are right this is we are we are human beings so uh we cannot you know be 100% motivated all the time yeah um because that would be uh we're not machines right mm. so we're human we are kind of driven by emotions uh, and we need to recognize that mm. and when that happens it's good ta- good good what what people can actually do is uh just uh just switch off from from academia take time off mm. uh many times we can kind of when when we are academics uh not not saying that this is a requirement but i know people actually use it 24/7 so you constantly within yeah. this environment yeah. you're constantly getting emails constantly replying so what helped me was to set a kind of a rule for myself that I only reply to emails within my core business kind of uh, time, which is yeah. be- between nine and five or something. Mm. I don't respond to emails in the evening. Don't write emails in the evening or weekends. Mm. Uh, setting a clear boundaries for where you work is important uh, so that you have this downtime. And then taking time off, um, trying to kind of enjoy the nature and, and stuff is important. Uh-huh. Okay. So another challenge. Yep. Another challenge um, that you faced. Another challenge. Um mm. it's different. yeah, I think we're digging deeper and deeper. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess uh it's difficult. I mean <laughs> Another challenge. Oh, I mean, it's, again, might, might be a challenge, might not be a challenge. Okay. Uh, but sometimes it is. Mm. Um, of course, I came to the UK mm. about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it might be a challenge feeling that I'm still not kind of settled, kind of, I'm not from here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this kind of feeling that I'm originally from somewhere else mm. and uh, that might influence the way I work. Uh, mm. I influence the way I'm perceived because I speak in a different way. Mm. I've got a different accent. Mm. Um, but I guess the work that I do on social media and, and running webinars and, and this sort of stuff helps with confidence. Because at the end of the day, mm. what we really want to to do and we what we really want is to be confident in uh, in the fact that we are happy, right? Mm-hmm. In the fact that we do things that matter. Um, yeah. And that we are not being judged by how we do it, but we are being kind of seen as uh, someone who adds value, regardless mm. of where you are from, and regardless of uh, how you speak. And uh, so, it's important to to recognize your value, mm. and that's what I learned pretty recently. That uh, I'm a valuable human being, and right, it doesn't really matter that I'm mm. from Poland and live in the UK. Mm. As long as I help other people. And that value, yeah. that's what should matter, not where I'm from. Um, and also, we should be flexible in terms mm. of, you know, uh, who we work with. Because looking at EDI is pretty important recently. Uh, everyone keeps talking about EDI. Uh, that's equality, diversity, inclusion. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, that basically means uh, working with people from across the world actually helps a lot because... So we've got different perspectives. We've mm. got different views on some of the aspects, even of, of research, right? Yes. So that helps us get a, kind of a broader view of 
what really matters and uh, what we should focus on in the in the future.